Well, hello, everyone. It's Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com here with another great seven-day fat-burning coaching call to help get you through the week. Now, I've always told you that nutrition is more important than exercise for fat loss, and I've always talked about how important it is to have the junk food out of your house because that number one diet rule, the rule that if it's in your house you're going to eat it, was broken by myself this weekend. And it was a box of chocolate almonds. Now, I was lucky enough that I split it up into two days. But uh, when I was getting to the second half on Sunday, I was only going to take a few. And then I realized I'm going to eat them all anyway, so I may as well eat them all now. And uh, so that's, you know, it happens to me. It happens to all of you. If it's in your house, you're going to eat it. Now, you're probably wondering why were those things in my house in the first place. And it's actually a trick question because they, they weren't in my house. They were in my parents' house. And I was visiting there for the weekend, but they tend to have, or my mom, who lives there now, tends to have a lot more junk food in the house than I ever tend to have, and I don't have it in the house because I know I'll eat it. So that's a big rule for you, for me, for everyone. we got to get that stuff out of the house as much as possible, and if it's there for somebody else, then hopefully it's something that we don't like as much as they do. All right, let's get into this week's seven-day fat-burning coaching call. We're going to start with our transformation tip of the week for the week of January 31st. And it's a quote from a business book that I know we can apply to our fat loss and, in fact, everything we do. It's from Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great. And he said, if you diligently and successfully apply each concept and you continue to push in a a consistent direction, accumulating momentum step-by-step and turn-by-turn, you will eventually reach breakthrough. It might not happen today or tomorrow or next week, but it will happen. And that's really important for us to think about because if you consider that a person who stops smoking doesn't stop smoking the very first time they quit, they might quit 5, 10, 15, 25 times before it finally clicks. And so you can't give up today on a mistake that you made. You can't give up on your goals of tomorrow. So Just remember that you always want to be trying to improve every day, and if you do have a bad day, it's okay. Just get back and work on improving and be better than yesterday. Now, for training this week, we're going to talk about my specific workout, and I've got a new four-day program. And I'm going to talk about two of the workouts this week and two of the workouts next week. So the week starts with a squat workout, and I do an excessive body weight warm-up. Right now I'm using an exercise called the Bird Dog with leg abduction. So when you do a bird dog, you then take your leg out to the side and bring it back in and then go through the regular movement. So it's a little bit uh, harder, not harder, but a little bit more uh, direct work for the glutes. I also do an exercise called the duck under, which is a really good hip mobility exercise. So I squat down and step out and bring my torso as low as possible without bending at my back, but really just getting low with my hips. And I go side to side. And I also do plank and side plank, and so I'm using the warm-up as time for my torso training. Then I go into a squat or front squat, so I alternate with heavy squats one week and then medium repetition or medium intensity front squats the next week. And then after that, I move into something called a glute ham raise, and that's an exercise or kind of a chair. It's not a machine because it doesn't have weights on it, but it's more of a apparatus that allows you to really focus on your hamstrings and your glutes in uh, similar to a back extension type motion. 
Then I do some type of abdominal exercise, might be stability ball rollout or, or ab wheel rollout or more planks. And then I finish off with uh, some sled dragging. Now there's a apparatus at my gym. It's just a metal base with a pole on it for you to put the weights on top. And then you can drag it forwards or backwards or sideways. And I drag it backwards. So I'm walking backwards and I'm pulling the uh, sled by holding onto straps. And that really works your quadriceps because you're pushing off there with each step. If you're walking forward, it works more of your glutes. And so I do the reverse sled drag on that day. And so that's my workout there, a lower body. And the next workout is an upper body, which we'll talk about in a bit. But first, we're going to do our research review of the week. And again, on Tuesday, you're going to do 30 minutes of fun activity because it's not a regular workout day for most people. And the study I want to talk about is called Acute Responses to High-Intensity Intermittent Exercise in Coronary Heart Disease Patients. And so it's a study where they took a look at interval training against regular cardio in patients with heart disease. And so one of the concerns I always get from people is that they're worried that interval training is dangerous. And so this is another study, and there's been a few of these, not I wouldn't say quite a few, but a few of these, in heart disease patients, in rehabilitation from heart disease. And so they had 20 patients. All of them except one were male, and they were about 62 years of age and older. And they just performed two workouts. In one workout, they did intense interval training where they did 15-second intervals at 100% of peak power output with 15 seconds of passive recovery, and they did that for, I believe it was 20 minutes. And then in the other session, they did... 70% 70% intensity cardio, just regular steady-state cardio. And in both workouts, they burned the same number of calories. And what they found was the subjects actually found the interval training workout to be easier when measured by uh, ratings of perceived exertion because of the recovery periods that were built in. And they also found that neither of the workouts resulted in any exercise-induced myocardial injuries, and that means it didn't overstress their heart to the point of uh, injury. So, you know, they weren't having angina or, you know, shortness of breath. And so what they concluded was that intense interval training is well-tolerated and more efficient for coronary heart disease patients. Now, if you have heart problems, I'm not recommending you go and start interval training on your own tomorrow. You really need to talk to your doctor. But it's very interesting that we're seeing a shift to interval training even in these types of populations. And I've always said that interval training is more life applicable because the activities we do in a daily schedule are more intense followed by recovery. You know, three flights of stairs rather than 10-kilometer jog. All right, let's go into Wednesday workout, and we're going to talk about my second workout of the week, which is an upper body workout. And I also do an extensive upper body warm-up, I do stick-ups, I do a little bit of cable external rotations or maybe tubing external rotations, I do a lot of um, mobility work for the shoulders, sometimes I'll do the W's, Y's, and T's down on a stability ball, you can find that video on my YouTube channel, I might throw the medicine ball, and that replicates doing jumping, so that's my explosive warm-up for the upper body pressing. And I might also do some uh, upper body stretching and perhaps even some uh, dumbbell rear deltoid raises. So a lot of stuff for the upper back and to open up the chest and to get warmed up for the pressing. Then I move into bench press paired with seated row and then push-ups paired with 
barbell row, and then I do some arms to finish it off. So it's a bit of a meathead workout, but I do quite a bit of a warm-up uh, to make sure that my upper back, shoulders, rotator cuff are all warmed up for the heavy pressing. Now into Trainer Thursday. Again, this is an off day for most people, so it'll be 30 minutes of fun activity. For me, it'll just be an extra dog walk. And we're going to talk about a tip for personal trainers. Now, one mistake that I see a lot of trainers doing is putting their clients through bodybuilding-type routines. And this means, you know, someone, like, for example, at Christmas time, I saw a poor woman in the gym with a trainer who was clearly uh, an older person who maybe was doing this as a second career or something, but didn't have a really good education. And they were having them do, they were having this woman who clearly just wanted to lose body fat she was doing two or three biceps exercises in one workout and exercises that you wouldn't even give someone who wanted to build their biceps because they're really old-school bodybuilder-type exercises, and it really just didn't make any sense. And it's kind of hard to understand how people will pay someone money who's just giving them a workout that they found in Muscle and Fitness magazine that was written for a steroid-using bodybuilder. It doesn't make any sense. So it's disappointing to see trainers using bodybuilding-type routines with overweight men and women. You know, they don't need to be doing pec flies and tricep kickbacks and three bicep curls all in one workout. It's a little ridiculous. We need to focus on total body exercises, total body workouts, interval training. That's going to help our clients lose body fat. It's not the bodybuilder-type training that we should be doing. So just take a look at what you're doing with your clients making sure that you're using the most efficient exercises and training with them. Now into Facebook Friday, we got our question of the week. Question of the week, sorry, is I need a replacement for stability ball exercises, leg curls, jackknife, rollouts, back because I don't own a stability ball. So in a perfect world, I would have this person get a ball. They're very cheap, they're $20.00. Um, at Walmart, and we're not having people sit on them or bounce on them. We're really just having them, you know, they might support a little bit of their weight on them. So really any cheap ball is going to work. Now, you're not going to be doing dumbbell presses on them. You're not going to have a whole lot of resistance on them. Now, leg curls can be replaced by similar exercise like lunges. I mean, that's not exactly the same as leg curls, but if you don't have any access to a leg curl machine, which is okay, then you'll have to do exercises like that are more multi muscle and multi-joint, like reverse lunges, Bulgarian split squats, or even lying one-leg hip extensions. Or you could do two-leg lying hip extensions with a feet on a bench or a stool, because that is a real direct replacement. It really does hit the hamstrings. Now, with uh, something like a rollout, you might have to use something, or a jackknife, you might have to go to uh, mountain climbers, or you may have to do just regular planks, uh, because if you don't have a ball, you're probably not going to have an ab wheel for to replace the rollouts. Now, I do have a few videos on YouTube that show you how to work out with bodyweight exercises only. And if you go to my channel at youtube.com forward slash cbathletics and search for hotel room workouts or bodyweight cardio or even circuit training, you'll find bodyweight exercises only with no equipment and great workouts. Next up into Social Support Saturday, we're going to take a look at another study, and this one's for our kiddos. And the study is called Better with a Buddy, Influence of Best Friends on Children's Physical Activity. So the UK researchers who did this study, they wanted to test the influence of friends on physical activity level of 10 to 11-year-old kids. So they surveyed over 472 kids about their activity level and that of their best friend. And what they found was for girls, 
their activity level was associated with the frequency of activity of their best friend and how often their friend was active in the in their home or in their neighborhood. Now, boys, their activity level was also associated with their best friends and being active in the area. The only thing that they found that was different between boys and girls is that the boys will spend more time in activity if their friends are in activity. So the girls will stay active if their friends are active, but boys will end up spending even more time being active if their friends are active. So, I mean, obviously you can't choose your children's friends, but you certainly can encourage them to be involved in activities that obviously keep them physically active and also, you know, encourage them to associate with their physically active friends, you know, provided everything else is as good about those kids as the rest of their friends. So basically boys and girls who take part in physical activity with their best friend at home or in the neighborhood where they live will engage in higher levels of physical activity. And I know a lot of people out there are thinking that they probably didn't need to do that study. That That's pretty common sense. But, uh, you know, these days they're studying everything just because they want to make sure they're finding the best solutions for the obstacles that get in the way and cause childhood obesity. So interesting study there. Just make sure that uh, you also consider this for yourself, that you hang around people that are active because research does show that if we hang around people that are overweight, we tend to be overweight. And so this network effect is true in adults as much as is true in children. Finally, we're going to move into Sunday, plan, shop, and prepare day, 30 minutes of fun activity, of course. And now we've got some scary nutrition facts from Starbucks. So Starbucks is releasing a new drink size called the Trenta, which is 32 ounces and which actually is double the size of a grande. And according to one newspaper here in Canada, they claim that it holds more liquid than the human stomach can hold. And so it's, you know, getting up into the big gulp range, although I remember big gulps being 64 ounces when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, it's only the crazy kids that would drink those things. Because when you try to drink them, it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with all this liquid? But anyways, the uh, other bad news is it's going to be adding another 200 calories compared to a venti if you get the iced coffees. And 200 calories per day could be two pounds in a month. And so really, if you're a soda drinker, if you're a juice drinker, if you're an iced coffee drinker, whatever these drinks are called, you're really just adding calories and not suppressing your appetite, and that those calories are probably going to lead to body fat. So if, if liquid calories are a problem for you, that's probably one of the easiest things you can cut out in your life. And you can lose body fat so simply by getting rid of the liquid calories. Now, the other thing I want to mention about Starbucks is that even a 12-ounce uh, coffee at Starbucks contains 260 milligrams of caffeine. And it's recommended that you keep your daily dose of caffeine under 300 milligrams. Because once you go above, you start to get into insomnia, anxiety. And if you go even higher than that, you can get into um, depression. That's associated with really high amounts of caffeine intake. So, Again, something to consider there. Those beverages are really big. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my parents would have a mug of coffee in the morning. And it's just a mug is like maybe 250 or 300 milliliters. And it's probably not as powerful as the coffee they brew at Starbucks. So it would be eight ounces. And so they're probably getting 100 to 150 milligrams of caffeine, about half of what you're probably getting in Starbucks in your morning coffee. So some stuff to consider. All right, that's it for this week. All the scary facts are done. 
So we've shown you how to lose fat with almost no effort at all. Next week, we are going to hit more training tips, including the rest of my current workouts. we got a research review on a study in workplace weight loss. And we also have a question, or sorry, the answer to a very common question about pre-workout nutrition. So we'll talk about that next week. Hope everyone has a great weekend. I'm off to Las Vegas. I'll bring you back some nutrition and workout tips from all the trainers that I hang around down there. Until then, I hope to see you on the blog or on Facebook. This is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com, wishing you another great seven days of fat burning. Bye-bye, everyone.